0: Welcome, Ooh. welcome in. There we go <laughs> to another edition of the Having a Keg podcast episode, episode. four hundred seven. Mitch on the ones and twos. Charlie here with you. Uh, we have a good show today. I'm very excited to talk about the second half of the Milwaukee Bucks season. Expectations for different players. Expectations for the team itself and everything in between. We will talk about the Packer Free Agency, where we are right now, everybody freaking out about the cap, people having the disease of, hey, we should sign that guy. I'm right there with you. And how Mitch tried, tried to take my podcast idea that I had yesterday. Just kidding. Um, Then we'll talk about COVID one year later. Uh, Mitch and I did a fateful podcast a year ago to almost to this day, I think the 12th yeah. official day um, when it happened, but it was Wednesday night was sort of the day that we did it. And then we will do maybe a little on college basketball if time permits. If not, all you have to know is I hate that, that I bought back into Marquette only to get just shit pumped my heart right out. I should have just stayed dead. And I think Wisconsin can make a little noise because this is kind of what they do in the conference tournament. But we'll we'll get to that hopefully if we have time. But let me welcome in Mitch Mitch Ross. What's going on, bud? Uh
1: another great day. Um I you know, as I like to do, I like to comment on the weather because I don't know what else to say. It's been a tremendous you, week we so, get, so far.
0: Gotta get you a new a new thing to <laughs> comment new. on. Like yeah, we just do. like just like how your week is going. Like you don't have to talk about don't talk don't about know. your job. You can just say like, you know, I, you know, I cooked a great something meal. something I, I was awesome at cod. Yeah. Something interesting, a fun fact. Something about- interesting did happen
1: today uh, okay. at the, uh, at the salt mine. Um, yeah. I gashed my head open. Um, oh shit. Yeah. Just, how, did you not it that, le- how did you
0: not lead with that?
1: <laughs> just Cause I'm, I'm pissed about it. Are you okay? Just, yeah i'm fine i think i hope it's not as I, I hope it's not you know worse than i think it is mm-hmm. um but i think i'd probably know like it doesn't hurt or anything right it just let's just say that there was there was some blood and yeah. um you know i look like a football guy for a second there nice. um, was I'd, it, I'd like a one one line of blood running down to my eyebrow was um, it but
0: so like you have a nice little goose goose on your uh, like eyebrow area
1: and I was, it was about an inch above my um, hairline, but okay. dead center. Like, like if I was a unicorn, that's it. But so you won't really see it because I have, of course, I got a fresh haircut. Um, yeah. So I wasn't wearing a hat, <laughs> which I 99 <laughs> times out of 100, I'd be wearing a hat and I probably wouldn't have had any blood. Um, but I'll have a good little bump on my the top of my head probably um, for a few days. Um <sighs> It's too uh, bad that
0: couldn't be yeah. by like your eye or something. And then you're, you know, talking, talking next to uh, someone at the bar and being like, you should see the other guy. And like, frankly, I'm
1: glad it wasn't near my eye because it would have been really bad. Yeah. Um, but
0: uh, yeah, here we are.
1: No, still, that, still putting
0: see, out in content. See, give the people what they want. They want Mitch stories. I think everybody would like a good Mitch story. They like them. Yeah. That, that's it's much better than the weather. Um, so anyways, the Milwaukee Bucks, they are hopefully not going to bump their head to start this, start the new year, uh, the second half of the season as they played in New York. I see what you did there. You like that? Yeah. New York Knicks tonight, (laughs) little revenge tour action for the Bucks. Now I will say, given the fact that the Knicks have looked so much better this year, that loss. Kind of looks better in, in itself. Like the Bucks did play like shit that game. Don't get me wrong, but getting shit pumped by the Knicks is a little different than it has been in years past. And yeah, they won't have Derrick Rose. They're out. He's not playing tonight because of health and safety protocols. Um, so he won't be playing. So it can be assumed that he was one of the two players that might have tested positive for the cocoa. Uh, per, I think Shams had that. Um, I don't follow Woj, so yeah, it was probably Shams. Um, and so yeah, they're, they, they, you know, Knicks will be a challenge. It's a good way to kind of kickstart the season off say, you know, kind of, we'll see if there's any rust, obviously Giannis coming off the all-star game MVP. Um, and you know, obviously it's one game, but are basically kind of where, where, where are you at with the box right now? What kind of like, where are you, you know, they have the Memphis game. They pulled directly out of there. app. Yeah they had that weird nuggets loss. Like, are you like me kind of where it's like, I don't still know what this team is.
1: Yeah. I mean, we, we recorded last week's, um, the night before the nuggets loss. Mm-hmm. And I believe I, I even said that was coming off a five game winning streak. Right.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: a nice win over the Clippers. Yep. And I even said that at that point, like, I don't, I don't really know what to make of the team. And, um, I mean, they're, they're good, but we don't know if they're great yet. And, you know, I'm holding out hope that they can really dial it up in the second half. Um, they'll have plenty of opportunities to, to move around in the standings for sure. And, um, but I just, yeah, you know, that game against the Nuggets was not expected. <laughs> and um, to have it be that bad. Um, and then that Memphis game was really weird as oh yeah games right right before the all-star game tend to be and um then yeah you mentioned Giannis in the all-star game um I I hope this is silly but I'll say it because Uh, um it's on my mind but I just I hope that there isn't like a a lag in Giannis's game or something where just like that all-star game was such a joke I mean it usually is but it was, you could just tell watching that it was entertaining and all, but it's like, you could just tell nobody wanted to be there. So yeah. There was, you know, there was even less defense than than the zero that's already played normally in the all-star game than the last, the last 10 years. Um, and I just hope that he, you know, cause he was, I mean, he was able to do whatever he wanted, obviously. And he's not used to that. So I just hope there isn't like a, you know, just a, maybe a week where he has to sort of get back into, okay, guys are focusing entirely on me. And, you know, almost like a, okay, Prince Fielder's in the home run derby. Are we worried yeah. about his swing coming yeah, out of it? A, like that type of thing. I know it's, the, it's stupid, but it's just like something that was on my
0: mind. I think, I think you have to think about that, right? After having such a awesome game where you go 16 for 16. And like you said, no one was trying. He got easy buckets all across, but yeah, it's going to be a lot different. You know, even though Julius Randall is much smaller than him, Julius Randall plays defense and Tibbs is guys play defense and give a shit. Like they're going to challenge Giannis. Now, Washington shouldn't be that hard of a competition. They are playing a little better, but at least get one or two, if not both games there and get yourself ready for Philadelphia next Wednesday night, which I'm sure we'll talk about and we'll preview on this show. But yeah, there is that all-star game home run derby sort of feel with Giannis and Hopefully he can kind of just get himself started and understand what's at hand here and not sort of have a lull. Um, I don't expect really to be a lull for this team, just given how I I just feel like I hope the focus is there. I, I, I think it is. I think that they, you know, are finding ways to close games. I mentioned this on last Friday's podcast about how, all right, yeah, the Memphis game was weird, but now look at this and say, all right, New Orleans, Los Angeles, Memphis, three of your last four games, you closed out that team in the fourth quarter. And it was, you know, the Bucs, the bad rap on them for the last two years has been they can't close games. They cannot close games because the wall gets around Giannis. They have no no creativity, and now we've seen three out of the last four games the Bucs have been able to close they're going to have drew holiday back in the starting lineup. I would assume that now that holidays had what he's been now back for two weeks, it'll be. So he should be able, he should be more than able to be ready to start. Now, maybe the COVID stuff, I know he had it really seriously. Maybe he still needs a little time, but I would imagine that drew holiday is going to be in the starting lineup on for on Thursday, which is a massive boost. And if he's still maybe not playing 35 minutes, but he's even playing 30 minutes, that could be a night and day difference for Milwaukee.
1: Yeah, you would, you would hope he goes back in the starting lineup. I, I would imagine that was probably the plan. I mean, it's kind of nice. You, you got used to, you know, two weeks without him, and then it's like, oh, we have Drew coming off the bench, you know, but he was always in there at the end when it really mattered anyway. Um, but, you know, to obviously get him back up to 35 minutes or so, is, is the goal. Um, Yeah. I mean, it's, it's sort of, you mentioned the wizards. I mean, they are playing pretty decent and, you know, you go there for two kind of, you know, I would expect them to come out and probably take care of business against the Knicks. I would hope. Um, But then you go to wizards and then you go Philadelphia um, for, for one quick one. Yeah. It's, it's uh, they're going to need holiday for sure. And, yeah, he's going to be the guy I think to watch um, for. You know, obviously going forward, he's a big key to what this team. You know, you you hope where they want to be. He's a big key to to, to them getting there, obviously. And um, I wonder what's up with his uh, contract situation, anyway. But yeah, that's for another podcast, probably.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. But, From what we had all heard, that it was kind of a done deal, and that it was going to be taken care of right as the season end it or this right when he was up for it so he was eligible for those that are unfamiliar he was eligible for the extension about a week ago um no two weeks ago and I kind of called my shot and said it's not a matter of when or not if but when and like this is going to happen and still has it happened. we're still waiting here I have no idea if it has anything to do with the deadline or the buyout market and the Bucks are saying, like, look, we got to assess what we have and then start working out some money. And once we know who we bring in, because I'm sure they'll bring in somebody. I don't know what that that somebody is, if it's Wayne Ellington, if it's – I'm trying to think of another random guy. I don't think P.J. Tucker is a good fit, but sure, we'll just say P.J. Tucker. Um, and then they tell Drew, you like, know? all right, man, I, I just – I don't know, man. I, it's hard for me when you hear like national pundits say half the world thinks he's washed, and half the world thinks yeah. that he just needs a fresh start. Well, I, I don't, I I don't he, know what to make of that.
1: I would say that I think my opinion of him has gone down in the last you know month or so, um, just because the Rockets have been so awful. Yeah, but I think that has done nothing but lower his trade value. Sure, but I still think that I think still think that every contender is going to want him. Probably, you know whether whether that's I don't I don't know if he's going to be a buyout guy. I'd be maybe. I mean, shit, Blake Griffin got bought out, so I mean, really, anything is anything is possible on that on that front with buyout guys. But I think he would. I think he's a guy that could probably, if you put him back in a contending situation, he he might be a different different kind of cat. He yeah, I- sort of gets back into his. I just think the Bucks need a guy like him that's just, you know, kind of, you know, just a tough guy. A rugged, I mean, rugged is,
0: rough around, rough around it's, the yeah. edges. Yeah, for sure. And, and I mean, a guy
1: that would, that would I think, fit nicely and would allow Giannis to probably – that affords them more flexibility with Giannis at the five.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I, I think that even if P.J. Tucker is a 10-minute-a-game guy, if he's not in your closing lineup, if he's just the guy – to basically take those Thenassus minutes and maybe cut into a little bit of Pats minutes. I can get down with that. I'm just worried that he has nothing left in a tank. And so I don't want to overpay for him. But if you can get him for pretty cheap, do it. No no doubt in my mind there. So maybe the holiday extension is partly because they're like, we need to see what we're doing here in a um, in terms of trade value, trades or buyouts or anything like that. Yeah, it could be. As for Chris Middleton, I mean, do you think there's going to be any sort of revenge Chris Middleton? I know he's a pretty humble guy. He's not necessarily a guy that would do sort of the, you know, Brandon Jennings. I mean, he he's famous for it, remember, after getting yeah. quote unquote snubbed from an All-Star game, he went into a complete <laughs> tailspin trying to just shoot his way out of it and say, "I am an All-Star, damn it." And it was just fucking terrible. Um, <laughs> do you do you expect, I don't think we expect Chris to do that, but do you expect any sort of Chris Middleton revenge tour uh, on full display in the next few, few games?
1: I mean, I think I would love Chris Middleton to be more aggressive. I mean, I yeah, think anybody he's, would taking a,
0: he, he's taken a little step back in that category. Hasn't he? Like, I know I'm more did. the Middleton guy than you are, but it has seemed, it seems like he's been less, he hasn't really been able to find his voice with this sort of new look. Giannis.
1: Yeah, and I, I just – honestly, it's – you love efficiency and all that, but it's like a guy like him, he has to be aggressive. He has to be yep. – he has to be the second option. I mean, it's it's 2A and B probably with him and Holiday. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I guess I'd feel pretty good with either one of those guys at the end of a game. Um, but, yeah, I would I would love for him to be kind of pissed off. Um, and hopefully, you know, he's able to use that and – you know, harness it in in a positive manner and not go, you know, six for 20 or whatever. But those games are going to happen. I guess I'd rather see him take 20 to 25 shots, you know, and only make six or eight than have him, you know, oh, wow, Chris Middleton has, you know, three points in the first half against the Sixers, which, you know, you can't afford. And that's, that's, I would love to see him to see him being more aggressive. And that's funny you mentioned Brandon Jennings because as soon as you said that I had just, that thought popped in my head too. Like, yeah, like Brandon Jennings where he would just, God, I don't miss that at all.
0: No. Where he, oh man, He
1: was snubbed and he wasn't even really in the conversation.
0: No, Monta, just Monta like, did that too, though, didn't he? Like Monta Ellis had that same sort of vibe where it would be like, oh, I got stumped from the all-star game. It's like, did you? Mm-hmm. Didn't really, like, really? Yeah. You know? Well, that's why we called him, the swag twins because <laughs> they were, I mean,
1: they were classic, thought they're better than they actually are. And that's yeah. why they were the eighth
0: For sure. As for a couple other things with the Bucks, I mean, the schedule, you kind of mentioned Philadelphia. You touched on it. Yeah, Philadelphia is next week. First game against Philly for the season. Um, the takes will be spicy after that one. St. Patrick's Day evening. It's too bad that none of us could be liquored up. I mean, you can still go out, but you're going to be in your seat. Um, here in Milwaukee and then conveniently new rules the next day um, that's funny how that works but um, the first six and nine games for the Bucks are at home before they go on what is a I best described as a like a two or three week gauntlet and I think it is imperative for the Bucks to go somewhere in that seven of nine or you know seven of nine so range where it's like seven and two six and three because you're gonna have you may have another losing streak pop up with having to go play both la teams portland sacramento now, i don't need to we don't need to run through the schedule but you're on the road for six games you get a reprieve and get to be home for one and then you go back on the road for another three so that means that you are playing nine of ten games on the road that is extremely hard especially in the kind of I wouldn't say it's the heart of the season maybe a little bit before we're getting into that true nitty-gritty so you've got to start fast and I know you said Nick, yeah let's get it and then it's like yeah with that Wizards the Washington Philly trip you got to pull out at least two out of three of that and, and kind of be in good shape
1: yeah that's going to be tough I mean the Sixers are they're not, you know, they're not Brett Brown Sixers. I mean, they're no. they're better. I, I'm not, I'm not like as high as probably some people are. I don't know. I, I don't know. Are people really believing in the Sixers that much either? I mean, a lot of people. It's all, about, that.
0: It's all about Brooklyn right now. It's all about Brooklyn. Yeah, I mean, that's where and that's where everybody's energy is. The Blake stuff only kind of propelled that, and that's kind of where everybody's hearts are. I think with the Sixers, it comes down to. What does that Embiid Giannis matchup look like? And we'll and well, trust me, I if we when we talk scheduling next week, like we'll try to do that before the, that game on on Tuesday. And I'll we I think the deep dive on the Giannis Embiid matchup with how Embiid's playing this year is fascinating and makes that game ten times better because of what we have with with Giannis and Embiid. Like that to me is a must see game without question.
1: Yeah. That's why it's on the the ESPN mothership.
0: There's a lot of national TV for your bucks um, on the second half. They're yeah. They, and they, I wonder if uh, I wonder
1: if the league will, will do this going forward. This like first
0: half and second half schedule. I don't see why not. I think they're gonna. Yeah, I think it'll it'll depend on ratings. But if they, I'm sure they're gonna pay attention to see like. Were our ratings better because we held the schedule? We were able to get in Charlotte. I think Charlotte has a couple of prime time games now, who they wouldn't have at the start of the year, but because the right. has been such a revelation and Charlotte's been such a fun team to watch, they're they're on well, national television. Um, let me pull up. And the flip, have... the
1: flip side of the flip the flip side of that coin too is like. How many Rockets games have we had to suffer through since they traded Harden?
0: Yeah, and they are just
1: awful. And I'm sure they're gone in the second half, basically.
0: So they're, they might have
1: a couple in there, but
0: so the Hornets are on NBA TV four times, and then they're on TNT once, and they're on ESPN also once. Let me pull Houston really quick and see, which for they... them is like, I mean, oh yeah,
1: Charlotte is that's <laughs> when's the last time Charlotte was on TNT when right. Ke- when Kemba came back when he was on when Kemba went to Boston and came back
0: yeah. to Charlotte. They love doing those
1: games like anybody gives a shit.
0: Yeah, no one cares because it's especially like the only one that kind of mattered in that realm was Kyrie coming back to Boston, but Kyrie was a pussy and didn't want to play those games. So then it just didn't matter. Right. Houston has a Golden State game on Saturday at 630 on ESPN, but that is the only game. That they are featured the rest of the way, so it's just to get Golden State on a Saturday or l- kind of late evening time slot, right? So, so that's good. I
1: mean, I I just think that it just that's got it. That's the closest thing the league can probably do to flexing, right? I mean, is like just just unveil a second half schedule, and it, it's more you know more talking on, you know, the talking head shows, and it gets people talking about it where. You know, it's basically a schedule release, but two times during the year. And then also the other benefit of course is, you know, being able to change the national T V schedule and, and put the games you want. You kinda of can feel out who's gonna be good and who's falling apart and you know, you can kinda of go from there. Instead of so having the Rockets scheduled out, you know, eighty two games, you know, and they're playing on they have a Sunday primetime game on A B C when they're you know, they just traded their best player and they're well, a freaking gong
0: show. Or having like all these Zion games before Zion was ready, was ready to play. You know what I mean? So yeah. like, that's, that's yeah. the other part of it. So it's like having that sort of thing, but yeah, I mean, what's also cool is like, you have the, have them doing some early games on Saturdays and Sundays because of like, these are playoff spots for them usually. So like the bucks and Sixers are playing on a two thirty. In Milwaukee on Saturday afternoon, like that'll be an awesome scene in the city. But then you also have a game before that, and then you have a night game. So they're doing like triple headers on Saturdays, like that. That's fantastic. And I think they do that again the following week, or no, they don't. Sorry, I cr- I thought they did. I thought I saw that. But regardless, they're trying some different shit that that I'm about. And to your point, I think that schedule thing is kind of here to stay. I think that's that's going to be something that they kind of look into as as a real possibility for how they sort of do their their primetime bidding to say like all right or say we we'll put out the schedule but we're going to look into you know we'll make the decisions on primetime come i don't know come like 2 weeks before the all-star game and we'll decide yeah. when we're going to put these on primetime they're tbd for now and we have we reserve the right to shift and then, then you can kind of make it happen that way. So, yeah, it'll be really, really interesting. Um, I, any other Buck stuff? I guess my only other thing that I'm kind of paying attention to is whether or not they'll make a switch with Bobby Portis and Brooke Lopez and whether Bobby Portis becomes sort of the closing guy. I realize he didn't have the best finish to the year but or finish to the first half, but I, I do really think that Bobby has done more than Brooke has this year thus far. So I'll be very interested to see if Bobby gets elevated to more of a closer role.
1: Yeah, maybe Um, it's possible. Uh, Certainly closer, I think is something to look at. I don't know about starting lineup. I just think that the Brooke and Bobby dynamic, just like Brooke is kind of a low energy guy and you like to have either scoring or energy coming off the bench. And Brooke probably doesn't do much of either and, um, you know, I'm still on Brook Island, but, you know, um, I get that he's he's taken a step back and he's people have been very hard on him this year, which is probably fair. Um, and But looking at a closing lineup, I mean, you know, Portis certainly, depending on, you know, how the game has gone, I'm not against that at all, having him out there and um, letting him go to work if, if possible because I feel like he's a guy that's, you know he's he's certainly a proficient low post scorer, and um, you know he's you know again I think I tweeted it out um, a couple of weeks back that during a game where it's like the thing you like about Bobby is that he just plays like he doesn't think. No, you know I mean Giannis thinks a lot. Unfortunately, that's that's probably his his biggest downfall that he is he thinks too much and Bobby just freaking plays and it just gets you hype. Um, <clears throat> And, you know, he shoots a pretty, he's shooting a pretty high percentage. Um, so that helps, but he's, um, you know, he just doesn't think like the rest of those guys do. And uh, to me, that's, you know, late in the game, if you need a bucket, like I said, back to the basket, you can shoot threes. He's, he's, he's just an all around good guy uh, to have on your team. And I love him off the bench, but I would also be open to the fact of having him in a, in a crunch time lineup.
0: Yeah. It's, it's really been one of the, better moves that John Horst has made um, in terms of just, he didn't really know, knew, know it was needed, but how much of an upgrade he's been over Robin Lopez in that same position is, I mean, night and day. And that has really improved the bucks. Um, It'll also be interesting to see the development of Dante DiVincenzo. I feel like we've, we've just kind of went with the roller coaster. It's kind of the Dante coaster, right? Like, there are some good games and there are some really shitty games like that Denver game was so bad. And I thought he, his botched layup was a huge reason why the bucks couldn't come back in that game. And, and then there are other games where it's like, yeah, this guy's, I mean, the new Orleans game was crazy where it's like, Holy shit, maybe there is something here. So I'm still curious to see that. I know you're big. Like I would, you'd, if you had to make a starting lineup switch, you'd flip, Brennan Dante, right?
1: Yeah, probably. If I had to make one, um, I guess I'd probably just roll with Dante. You mm-hmm. put a gun to my head, but I just, you know, yeah. You summed it up about Dante. He's he's been the most frustrating guy. The free throws are unacceptable.
0: Yeah, I agree. And
1: and it's just, oh man, he's, he's yeah he's he's gotta he's gotta he's gotta be better. Uh, um, no, no I, doubt about it. it. It's just like the fact that if, if you had any other option as a starting shooting guard, I think you'd you'd entertain it. But I don't know about Bryn as a starter. I mean, you could probably hide his defense with Drew out there and Middleton and stuff on the perimeter. But I mean, maybe and, you know these Forbes and Giannis have a good a good uh, chemistry, and Forbes is a pretty good shooter too, which is you know. I wasn't sure I was going to be saying that, but he's, you don't like, you don't hate when he shoots, I guess, at this point. Um, Sometimes he he gets on your nerves a little bit, but, um, you know, again, sometimes you need guys just to, that aren't afraid to shoot. And whether they go in or not is, um, in a way, irrelevant. Kind of like with Middleton, where it's like, just keep shooting, dude. I mean, we need you to, to be aggressive.
0: No, no doubt, no doubt about it. Any other takes before we uh, we we ride out to uh, to the Green Bay Packers?
1: Maybe just with the PJ Tucker thing too is like, yeah, I just think the the defense that he would bring, you know, that's been the defense has taken a clear step back over the last couple of years, but that's sort of the downfall when you when you upgrade your uh, offense off the bench, you know, the defense is going to lack, and I think Tucker would would provide you know, fortify the defensive end much more than anything. And, uh, but yeah, that's, that's all I got.
0: Yeah, no, I, I agree. And I do think that Tucker would, would add a, an element there. And I think that definitely you've kind of sold me a little bit more on Tucker and maybe I was a little bit too hard on the idea of uh, PJ Tucker and that, you know, you got to take what you can get right now and you're not going to get this like, you know, not that we won Andre Drummond, right? But you're not going to get a guy at Drummond's caliber. And that's just not going to happen because the Bucks can't afford it. That's okay. And they don't have his assets. And that's that's okay. And you just level set and you just, you're realistic about it. And that's what we probably need Packer fans to do, if we're being honest. Um, because right now it is a bloodletting. We're seeing guys cut every day. Did not seen a Packer guy cut. Knowing how this podcast works, Preston Smith will probably get released in the morning um, because that's how, how we do it, right? Okay. Um, and there's now the classic, well, I'd take him on the Packers. I've caught myself doing it, not going to lie. Um, I'll probably write about John Brown and Curtis Samuel today uh, for Snowtap WI. It's easy to do it, but at the same time, it's like, well, we have no money. So how how the fuck are we gonna figure this out? So I, I I I don't know how to like talk with Packer fans about like where where their expectations should be, how this should how this is gonna work. Cause it's it's really hard. It it's really unknown. And I feel like usually I have a good grasp at what the Packers might do. I know Corey Lindsley isn't coming back. I can lock in that he's going to go play for urban Meyer and and Jacksonville. Like that's, that's a lock of all fucking locks. I, I have no (laughs) knowledge. I just, that's such an easy puzzle piece. They have a ton of money to spend. Urban was his his college coach. It's a lock. Um, and Aaron Jones is probably going to be gone unless he decides to take a smaller deal. And I I, can I say something real quick about that. You know, I saw Ryan Grant, I saw Ryan Grant today say, go get your money. And I have no problem with that. I I have zero problem with Aaron Jones taking a fucking 15 a year deal from the Miami Dolphins, for example. Let's just say. I have no problem with it. Okay. But I also have no problem if Aaron Jones decides to do a two-year, $25 million deal. If Aaron Jones decides to do a three-year, $30 million deal because he wants to be a Packer, no one should shame him out of that. That's his fucking decision. Just like we would not shame him for taking a $15 million a year deal. If Aaron Jones wants to be a Packer, let him be that. And I think so many people in the player empowerment media want to be like, oh, get your money, get your money. Like, How many people were so worried about Dak fucking Prescott and how Dak fucking Prescott wasn't going to get paid because he hurt his knee and he bet on himself and all this stuff. Dude's making $66 million when he signs the dotted line. Get the fuck out of my face. Mm -hmm. So I I I just. give, Give it time. Yeah. Like, you know what? These guys are human beings. They, if you want them to be empowered, guess what? They can be empowered to take less money if that's what they decide to do. That's their choice. It's their prerogative. Just like it's Jones's prerogative to leave for a heap of money.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's that's an interesting point. You know, we'll see what what he does. I mean, they obviously didn't franchise him. No. But I mean, it. You know, I've been I've been assuming Lindsley's gone. I guess recently I I had had maybe some hope that Jones would be coming back. I still, the Packers do have some history of getting, you know, signing their guy to a you know a long term deal right before. That clock strikes midnight and you know i think it i heard it happen with aj hawk like belaga um sam shield yep so
0: they rosenhouse have a, a guy. a couple
1: guys where it's like where, yeah yep rosenhouse guy so there's there's some some history there and i just think a lot of, I I't nobody expects aaron jones to take like less money and longer years to stay i guess right like that's
0: no if anything he would take he would take more, he would get $13 million, but it would be two years, 26 or something like that, where he could have two really good years and then get paid again. And then Green Bay say, all right, we're, we're cool with that. Cause then that also would it's Well, Go
1: ahead. I'm saying, I just, I think, you know, a lot of people around here would probably love them. I and people love Aaron Jones around here. They showed, he's a great kid. I mean, yeah by all intents and purposes. And, you know, it just seems like people don't expect him to be back and they, they hope he gets paid and they hope he's happy. But, you know, I think people are just sort of resigned to the fact that, you know, Packers are in a tough spot and, you know, they can't bring everybody back. And as much as that hurts, it's – they want what's probably best for him. And I just hope that it doesn't become the Malcolm Brogdon moment, as you as you talked about on yesterday's Daily Tap you know, where it's just it, the Max Kellermans of the world are, I'm trying to think of, I mean, Skip Bayless, I guess, is a Aaron Rodgers hater, right? Packer hater, yeah, whatever. Yeah. yeah.
0: Where,
1: where it just, where it just, it ends up being, that's the story of the team. And, you know, at least for a while, you know, until they, until they get through the, the NFC championship game, probably I just hope it doesn't come to that because, people are still hung up on the Malcolm Brogdon thing with the Bucks that he, yeah. he was the guy to put him over the top. And it's like, you know, I don't admit running backs in the NFL are probably different, but you know, they're kind of, they're a luxury. They they're they're the, a luxury
0: uh, there. It's, it's what Mark, it's what Mark Lazzari said about Malcolm Brogdon. He's like, Malcolm Brogdon was a luxury. We decided we didn't need it. We didn't decide we did not need that next guy. Whether you agree with Mark Lazar or not is your choice. I think that they would say the same thing about Aaron Jones. And that was why I think that's why our brains were working on the same wavelength on this because it is how it goes. And it's like, look, I love Aaron Jones. I think Aaron Jones is a great player. And I also think like fantasy football dilutes people's perception of guys. So if you are really good at fantasy football and you have that, you have a Packer like Aaron Jones you're gonna and he's maybe won you a league or he's gotten you to the playoffs you're gonna think of him in higher regard and that's why i think like even like jordy nelson and randall cobb got such admiration for people and now some of it was warranted right but like it was a it was partly due to the fact they're playing with these guys in fantasy football all the time and i think it matters so we'll we'll see i with the aaron like you said i i I'd be stunned if he comes back, but you never know. I mean, the deadlines spur an action and and they, they have to figure out what they're going to do with Preston Smith. Cause he's owed a bonus three days in, but yeah, I'm sorry. You're going to dive in. Well, and,
1: and do you think there's like, we probably talk about this every off season, but there's probably some level of like from Packer fans, like kind of the Packer arrogance. Yeah. We're like, Oh, you know, we'll just, we'll just find, you know, somebody else when, you know, in reality, you're letting a fifteen hundred yard from scrimmage back walk out the door. And and that kind of that kind of sucks when you think about it that way. So um, and, and and AJ Dillon is is largely unproven.
0: It does suck. You're right. But I will say, and I don't think there's even tired arrogance, the average salary for the Super Bowl winning running back is like two million dollars the last decade. So yeah. I would say like, look teams have found really cheap running back talent to win them championships. And it, it all, and I'll tell you this, which is so how fucked up our fandoms are. If they go and draft like Travis Etienne in the first round from Clemson it, in a month from now, no one's, no one's thinking about Aaron Jones. It's like Aaron who? Cause ETN yeah. is basically Aaron Jones. So it's like, all right, we just basically got a younger version Aaron Jones. Congrats, and that's what I'll look for in the draft. Yeah. Now, will that guy, whether it's Etienne or it's someone else, I know a lot of people like Michael Carter from uh, North Carolina. You know, if it, you know, one of those guys, like they could become the dude. It's like, yeah, maybe, and it's pressure on AJ Dillon. And I, we saw a decent amount from AJ Dillon. I think the other part of it too, Mitch, is people just didn't see enough from AJ Dillon. Partly because he had COVID, battled that for four weeks. And I think sometimes Matt LaFleur kind of left him in the garage too long. And and yeah. you can maybe, if you're having beers with LaFleur, be like, do you wish you played a little more of Dylan and less of Jamal Williams? I think he would say yes. But I don't think Jamal yeah. Williams is back either, because even though Jamal Williams is a consummate pro, great clubhouse guy, he's just too similar to A.J. Dylan. It doesn't make sense.
1: Yeah. And I wonder, too, about Aaron Jones, to make the, another Malcolm Brogdon comparison, is
0: sort of the injuries and
1: yeah I mean I don't know if he's in injuries but more like they seem to like for whatever reason maybe it's before trying to protect him and it probably is protecting him making sure he's more fresh for for when it really matters which is fine but it's like there's stretches of games where he's just not playing
0: yeah.
1: and it's kind of like uh, I mean plus he had a big couple big fumbles in the NFC championship game yep. I mean I wonder if that's if that's part of the thinking organizationally too like you know right you know is it not that they sour on him but like you know Trent Grisham isn't a brewer anymore and he had a he had one of the bigger blunders that I can remember <laughs> right you know yeah, no and, and then and, he, uh,
0: yeah no absolutely I mean it, it's definitely something that hangs around in the back of your head but yeah I I don't know what Green Bay will do I wish that I like really thought highly that they're going to just sit on their hands and, and, and kind of embrace that and say, all right, here's why they're doing it and help all my friends through it, whether it be through the podcast or through text messaging, because God knows that will be very tiresome, but we'll do it. Or if they're going to actually make some moves because they look at what the cap's going to be in two years when the NFL gets their new TV deal And they're just like, fuck it, we'll figure it out. Now, that really hasn't been the Packer mantra throughout the years. But if Russ Ball can work the contracts into that system and figure it out, they're going to do it. They might just not make the splashiest moves. But if they go and sign themselves like a John Brown, let's say, who just got released by the Buffalo Bills. I mean, John Brown, A, is basically just the second MVS and you're like, well, why do you? Why would you need that? He's, he's more of a pass catcher. He has MVS like speed, but it has better hands. Has more reliable hands. Let's just put it that way. Sign me up, dude. Dude's a ama- he catches all everything. So why not add more speed to your team? Just make yourself faster. And then could you imagine trying to cover both him and MVS running deep posts or running deep crosses? Good luck. You're you're fucked. You're absolutely fucked. And so, and there was that, I kind of did this earlier this week of like, all right, we're going to get rid of Preston Smith. Maybe he might be on the trade deadline block. Oh, word. Like Zach Ertz has one year left on his deal for $8 million. Oh, Zach Ertz, you know, does he want to play? Stefan Gilmore actually would be right where Preston Smith is. Does, do they want to bring in Stefan Gilmore? Like, I just could see this thing going real creative for the Packers more creative than I think we expected to. And I'm, I'm kind of excited in a weird way to see what the final outcome is and see what my take would be. I don't think there's anything that would make me say, all right, what the fuck are we doing here? Is there, is there, is there anything on your end?
1: Uh, Getting a quarterback.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Or not struck. I guess the, what the fuck would be not restructuring Aaron Rodgers, right? Like, if they're like, all right, we're going to make Aaron Rodgers lame duck quarterback this year, then I'm just going to be like, all right, fuck the phones, Lloyd. Like, this is bad. Like, this is not good. Like, shit. We're really going to have to do Jordan Love, huh? We're really going to have to start talking Jordan Love. Have real, real Jordan Love conversations. That that would be the, to me, the what the fuck move or like signing Corey Lindsay, let's just say. that would, Those would be my two
1: there's so many good receivers available and it just thinks so, that like the Packers really can't, can't go shopping.
0: Yeah. I mean, uh, Ben Albright, who's not been the best reliable newsbreaker. He's kind of a weenie. Um, but he thinks that Emmanuel Sanders is coming to the Packers. Now remember the Packers had was in the running for Emmanuel Sanders. And then Emmanuel Sanders said it was too cold to play in green Bay. Um, famously in the running, Yeah. Said, yeah, famously, it was down to the lat. It was Sanders or it was uh, the Saints or the Packers, and he chose the Saints because of the cold weather or because of the warm weather and the ability to see his family because his family's all in Houston. Um, but who knows? I would be surprised, I think, for Emmanuel Sanders because that's like, all right, have Devin Funchess. It's not that you would release Sanders, but it's like, where where does that work? Um, and I, I guess also, too, if I was going to get a slack guy, I'd rather get like Curtis Samuel who can also be kind of a gadget guy. And Curtis Samuel's like Tavon Austin, Tyler Irvin on like mega steroids. Like like Jose Canseco steroids. And he's not very old either, is he? Oh, no, he's not. But I have no idea what that I was going to look that up real quick. What that market is like?
1: He's only 24. Oh
0: god. Sign me up tomorrow. That guy really is going to be a free agent. Carolina is really going to let that guy walk. Are they serious? I guess <sighs> that's stupid. Bad teams stay bad, my man. That's that. That's all you got to know with that. That's just a bad team staying bad because that's dumb. I would not let that guy out the door. Or you just don't have a creative coach. Either or, I do like Matt Rule, but I mean, that's come on. You got to figure out ways to use Curtis Samuel, and he's 24. That's that's wild. Uh, but yeah, we'll we'll certainly see what happens. It'll be kind of a wild, it's a wild week next week because you got Bucks Sixers, got NFL free agency, got the NCAA tournament, Snowtap Madness back, by the way. Um, and yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be quite the week. And to think a year yesterday, we were just talking about, well, what's this COVID thing? Can they figure this COVID thing out? when you and I are doing a podcast and at this point we had gotten home and the news about Rudy Gobert had tested positive and canceled the game had just started the break. So man, it's crazy. It's been a year. Yeah.
1: um, Yeah, it it is. It's uh, you know, go back and listen to those takes. They were, they were terrible, but in our defense, I mean, nobody knows what was going to happen with this pandemic and they still don't <laughs> All right, a, a, a year later. And, uh, you know, things are, things are better than they were, you know, 11 months ago for sure. Um, but, you know, we're back to playing sports again. We're, we're, we are trending towards normalcy. I will say um, the arrow is pointing up as we like to say with a sports analogy. And, uh, but it's been, I mean, I think everybody's life has changed and, in, and, in, probably more ways than one, you know, in the last year. It's uh it's crazy to think about. And yeah, I mean it was it was Rudy Gobert that was uh patient zero in the United States of America where he was he was the first I mean when they canceled that Thunder game and they came out and they were just about to tip off and the guy runs out of the locker room <laughs> to like to stop the tip off and you have the TAA you know announcer in Oklahoma City saying Tonight's game has been postponed. You are all safe. Have a good night or something like that. It was. It's like surreal, dude. It was like that. That week was like a movie, and and I mean, it still kind of is in some ways. But I mean, that was just just thinking about that was like nobody knew it was going to happen. You know, at that point we thought maybe, you know, two weeks a month things are shut down. We'll be right back to normal. Um, Yeah, it's going to suck to not be able to do anything for, you know, a couple weeks and then you know that lasted like three months (laughs) which is
0: just i mean yeah it was it was so crazy it was so wild because i had just started working again at my new day job we come in to do the show weather's great um it was excellent weather and i drive in to see you and we used to do it driving in and now we do this over the computer from our own homes and well it's nice to see one another and we have probably maybe a little better chemistry in person. I, I think we also are like, why the fuck did we ever just do this over the computer the whole time? Right. And we go in there and I'm like, yeah, they're going to cancel this stuff, but you know, maybe for the NCAA tournament, you know, you have a disclaimer about COVID, you can figure it out um, that this is, you know, it's not going to impact it for too long. Like you just said. And Yeah. We then just shut down doing our, our tapping the keg, which I'll admit was probably a mistake on our behalf, but at the same time, we just, it was such a weird sort of transition. No one knew what to do. No one knew, like, it's like, all right, I'm just home all the time. And yeah, I'm walking a little bit. I'm doing this and doing that. I mean, I still can remember going out that Saturday night, getting absolutely ripped up and then doom scrolling Twitter and being like, God, I am the biggest piece of shit. What was I doing out last night? And so it was, it was absolutely crazy. And well, yeah, and it, it that, that just that
1: felt really weird, you know, because yeah. So it was like a Wednesday night when the NBA shut down and it was like, well, we're going out. This feels weird. The following Saturday. Yeah. It was like St. Patrick's Day, right? And it was like this feels weird, but people are still out. It's not you know nothing's shut down, but there's no sports. So you kind of knew, like I knew, I that 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 coming weekend I was supposed to work. Like the Bucks played like Thursday, Saturday, Sunday or something, and I was supposed to do like post game every night that weekend. And I was like, God, here we go. And then the season got shut down, and I was like, Why oh, I just have suddenly had a had a lot of free time? And I was kind of excited about that, but little did I know it would be you know for four and a half months before we got started back up again yeah and things would things would really get interesting in the meantime right and uh but yeah it just it just felt weird that certainly that following weekend where it was like okay this is uh this is real and this is probably the last time I'm gonna be I'm gonna be uh able to do this for a while and I don't know how long but let's let's enjoy it and um we did, but you're right. It was like, that was stupid.
0: Right. And it was, it was just like, there was that time where, and now I think like we're, it's really this hard sort of thing of like, where, what, what happens next? Like, what, how does this go? Like the Texas Rangers yesterday announced that they're going to have a hundred percent fans, that they're going yeah. full fucking hog. And people, there was a guy from the Milwaukee Record. who's like, "I'm the Brewers gonna play there," and I'm like, "Bro, you gotta start getting yourself back into this." And that's my biggest fear is that there are so many people now that are just like, "This is how we're supposed to be." And as you've said on this show and in, in private, we're never we're not gonna get to zero COVID cases in a long fucking time. So the sooner that a lot of people kind of get used to it is, is better. And so everyone's like, Oh my God, the COVID cases are going to spike. They're going to spike in Texas. Well, I, and I, I don't know stats. I'm not, I'm not that smart, but I I bet you 25% of that stadium is going to be vaccinated at least for both. And I bet maybe another 10% are at least going to have one dose and maybe another, I don't know, 15 to 30% have had COVID already. So they, they have the antibodies and really can't get it again. So maybe, yeah, you're worried about the 25% that are in there, but guess what? They're wearing masks and they have a three strike policy. And they say, it's just like swearing, which I think's really smart where they're like, all right, if we have to warn you three times, like you got to go. And we're, you know, that's how we're going to do it. And, yeah, and my buddy, Dan uh, quote, uh, replied to me when I tweeted because I was like the blue check, the quote tweets on that thing, Mitch, the amount of blue check anger was so awesome. There were so many just oh, cringy takes. Almost as good as John Heyman not realizing that Travis Shaw's nickname was the mayor of Ding Dong City um, today, where he had to ask Adam McAlvey about that. Almost as good as Mike or uh, Chris Mad Dog Russo not knowing who Custon Hero's name was that you move that fielder to first base was what he said verbatim to David Stearns on an MLB.com programming. Um, But anyways, and he's like, well, wait till they start taking down masks. Wait till masks start not being a thing. And I'm like, I can't wait because I can just doom scroll those replies all fucking day because it's going to happen. You're going to have schools like, Alabama's already announced they're going full fans to start fall. Jerry Jones said today, I think in Dax Prescott, P- Dax Prescott's press conference, we're going to have full fans in fall. And how many of those do we think that are going to still have masks? I don't know. And I don't know what COVID's going to look like. And that's, that's been the theme of the last year has been every time that we thought that we could predict something we've gotten bit in the ass. I sure have, because I'm an optimistic person and I'm one who's like, all right, we're going to be back. Like we were at the bar together last Saturday, sitting down at Nomad, shout out to, uh, we had a good, great time there. Um, their bar manager took great care of us. And, um, we, but I, we had asked each other, I asked you guys both uh, and our friend, Mike, I was like, when do you think that we're going to be able to stand around at a bar? And you said June, I think. And Mike said like July or August. And so, yeah, it could be that long. And that, that would suck. But the the last thing that I'll leave with is COVID has to find bodies for it to work. And the more and more people that get vaccinated, the more and more people that have antibodies, the less COVID becomes a thing. In a way, if it's really true that only two guys tested positive for COVID and apparently 150 were in fucking Miami, that's pretty damn good. Right. That's for the NBA. Right. The NBA. Sorry. Yeah. This is about the NBA. The the NBA rumored 150 guys were Miami over the weekend. Likely not following COVID protocols. I don't think pine Instagram thoughts qualifies as a COVID protocol. (laughs)
1: Uh, Yeah. One thing I have about the Rangers going, going, you know, uh, to me, hundred percent, probably a little steep um yeah. at this point but you know you got to remember too that it'll be what 100% an opening day and then probably back down to you know <laughs> 40% full probably the next game yeah I mean there's just going to be so many games where we're where, you know it's baseball a weekday baseball you know April May June even in June probably we're like you don't you don't really get many full crowds um but yeah, I mean, if it, the optics on that are a little, a little questionable, but uh, you know, they could have said 75%. And but you know, I mean, God bless them. You know, that if if, How, if, if they can, I mean, if they can get it, and you know, and I also thought they were going to have socially distanced sections, which I thought was um, brilliant, because to me, that's like okay, if if you are not comfortable, but you still want to go to the game, which is kind of you know silly, but if you really want to go to the game but you're still not totally sure, you have socially distanced sections. No. You know what I mean? And you, right. I mean, you do have to wear a mask, of course, but um, and I like that three-strike policy. Um, it, I guess that's one downfall. Probably attending a sporting event right now is that they're hounding you about it. Um,
0: I've heard that know, too from some you people. Can't even, you
1: can't even – you can't even swallow your, your sip of Pepsi before they're bitching at you to put your, <laughs> your mask back up, which I get it. You know, they got to, this is the stuff that they have to do, dude, to, to, uh, to stay, you know, operating like that. I mean, right. as somebody who, um, for work has to go to Potawatomi every week, they are pretty, you know, I think they had, they have to be really, really on top of their shit. So, right. you know, don't be an asshole that, that gets upset at an usher you know, some poor 70 year old guy that's just doing it part time, you know, I mean, don't be that guy.
0: Yeah. It all, it all comes down to there. You're right. And don't be a dick. But, but hopefully that guy isn't a hard old back. Some of those ushers, I mean, this is like giving them like candy. Like they're like, Oh, I get to be judge and jury here. Like, (laughs) Oh my God. Like that is like such a adrenaline rush. Like they're, There's a brewery around town. I won't mention it because I love it, and I would love to do business (laughs) with them someday. But that guy who runs that place is the biggest fucking hard-o on this side of the Mississippi. But, I mean, it was wild when we went out to the bars last Saturday where it's like – and it was National Marquette Day for context, but, like, lines. Hose was just locked. Hose decided to just lock. They must have got fined or something, and they are like, well – we are just locking everybody in, and who comes in is there. I, I don't. I didn't even look at like their Facebook page to see if they had an explanation for why they they locked their doors. But it well, is.
1: That's probably you know, like I said, that's that's what it's going to be, you know. And that's probably part of it was you know, again, there was in the news. I think I said this that night to you it was like you know, the news was it was in the news that there was going to be more people around enforcing, you know, the, the mandates and stuff like that. And, um, you know, maybe that was their, their way to combat it was at the National Marquette day, there's going to be a lot of punks out and, uh, we need to, uh, stay on top of it. And if we lock the door, they can't get in. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> between, between, between the mob kids and, uh, you know, God forbid some sort of health department enforcer um you know that's the easiest way to do it right it's like being at a being at an underage house party and keeping the doors locked
0: oh absolutely so i know so the police
1: know, don't come through
0: i i know all too well about you know making sure the poll i never really had that like having to smoke out the the police but i've definitely had those moments where um it's like, oh, yeah, cops are kind of hanging out or you got to be careful on your drive home. But yeah, it's it's interesting, man. And the takes are just going to get worse and worse as the weather gets nicer and more people go out. The amount of shame that's going to happen. And all I'll say to people who feel comfortable, maybe you're fully vaccinated. Maybe your family's fully vaccinated. All I'll say is like, don't feel shame. Like, do what you want. You know your body you know who you're seeing on a day-to-day basis, trust yourself and, you know, don't let the shame of everybody else bring you down, do whatever the fuck you want. So that would be my closing word. Um, But it's been a hell of a year, man. And I'm so excited for March. So I said that yesterday, I'm just so fired up for the next few days, Um, conference tournaments, and then the tournament itself is going to be something else and like I said, it's so not that madness. It's back for another year and uh, look forward to uh, look forward to a lot of you guys participating in it.
1: Yeah, I'm looking forward to taking it home.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I feel like you could use yourself a little 75 bucks, a little 50 maybe. I also have the option where if you want to uh, get it in a gift card for a restaurant you like, I can take, take care of it that way too. But I'm not going to shame anybody for doing their money. I was also going to put in, like, I donate it to a charity as well. But then I didn't want people to be like, oh, I can't take the $75 because you want me to donate it to charity. And it's like, no, I just feel like people are more charitable than they've ever been before. So if they want to donate to charity, they can. But if you're like, hey, I need this $75. I'm not going to be like, wow, that person's a dick for taking $75. Now, if I know their financial situation and they take $75, maybe. But still, even then, I'm gonna be like, you know, look, money's money. Seventy-five bucks that'll get you, that'll get you a nice bottle of scotch, or it'll get you, uh, it'll, it'll, you know, fill up your gas a couple times. Like if you use that seventy-five dollars for, you know, or just pay a bill, whatever. I don't give a shit. So I, I didn't put the charity. I'm not gonna put the charity option in there because I don't want to make people feel like they have to donate to a charity because I feel like when you do that people feel like oh i'm obligated to give some of this back
1: yeah yeah it's um but it's obviously uh you know it's something to think about for sure
0: right right it's but like i mean could you imagine when like a 50 a 50 booster club raffle when you're like a parent and then you're like oh i just won like five hundred dollars but then they're like yeah you can Kind of the game is you got to give some of that back to Booster Club. I'd be like, "Fuck that! I'm taking this $500. I don't <laughs> care about you guys."
1: Yeah, oh, man.
0: What are Tell you gonna them do? Their
1: money, man. Tell All me.
0: right. Do you, um, uh, real quick as we as we end here, any expectation for the Badgers? Do you think that maybe they avenge the Iowa loss at least um, and and take down the Hawkeyes in in round two? Man,
1: man, I don't know
0: what a pathetic game that was to watch, by the way, just that absolutely everything wrong with college basketball, everything wrong with pro basketball was summed up in that, that game. that 25 minutes. What a joke.
1: Yeah. I mean, just, it's ridiculous. And a lot of people are afraid of what the tournament's going to be when the stakes are really high and, you know, they feel like they have to go to the monitor every single time. Um, It's going to be, fascinating to see what happens there (laughs) but uh yeah i mean i don't know the badgers kind of like with you and marquette i mean they they i think that people felt better about wisconsin the fact that they they did play well especially in the second half against iowa but ultimately didn't didn't get the win on the road um i don't know it's just you don't even you don't even know what team you're getting with Wisconsin either. I mean, they're just I, yeah they they were just so out of pass, out, out to pasture. I mean yeah, it's like just I, I know it's not they're better than Marquette in the yeah. in the standings and record wise, but it's like they're no longer ranked. I mean,
0: no. which they they maybe shouldn't have been. No, but they were um, top five. I, I mean, they, were, they a were top they were a top five team to start the season. So I mean, yeah, they were. You you can argue preseason rankings don't matter, but it it does say something about the tumble you took and you have to, I think Greg guard has to figure out and, you know, maybe, maybe he writes the ship. Maybe he figures out like what to do in the postseason, and it all works out for him, but he has to look deep into himself. Like, what the fuck did I do wrong here? How did I, how did I sort of mess this up? Because this should have been a better year or were my guys just not, to the level of what Michigan and Illinois and a little bit of Iowa, I still think they could beat Iowa second time. And I, I feel like you're going to hear a lot of like, we're the most disrespected team in the big 10. The refs hate us, teams hate us. Like we're, no one believes in us. Like they have that sort of thing. And they're so good in this like conference tournament environment. Cause I think it's just really hard to prep for Wisconsin. I could see them getting to the semifinals, but I, I really can't see them beating Illinois. And, like, Illinois also no. feels like they, they deserve the Big Ten title. Have you heard that story? That Big Ten – because, like, Michigan lost a bunch of games, but because Michigan has less losses, they are Big Ten t- champion outright. But Illinois has more wins, but, la- but more losses if they played more games. So Illinois believes that they should have a share of the Big Ten title,
1: and I, mean, I de- go out and win the uh, go out
0: and win the Big Ten
1: tournament bro, and the national championship. Then. I
0: desperately I mean, need Michigan Illinois on Sunday right before Selection Sunday. Like I be need great. that I need it, and I just know I'm not going to get it because those conference tournaments never pan out the way you want it to. They never work out right. like how. But the fact that today. And some of you might have already watched it, or if you're listening to this early, we start out at 1030 with Oklahoma State and West Virginia. It's fucking amazing.
1: <laughs> that, start- wow. And that game's in, in Kansas City. They're playing at 1030 in the morning? Yeah. Wow. That's that's crazy. Yeah, I mean, welcome to March. And, uh, yeah, that's that's insane. Um Big 12 is, is solid, um, but the Big 10 is, has been the best conference all year, and Michigan, Illinois would be would be incredible. I, I don't know if anyone's – dude, I like Illinois maybe a lot more than I, I want to say out loud <laughs> just because I, I don't want them to suffer a, a fate.
0: Oh, yeah. As much as, their,
1: as much as their state sucks, we get that, but I like their team a lot. I think that, that Curbello dude, their point guard is – Freaking underrated as hell is um,
0: Mitch is like sign, fearless. Sign him up to be a buck.
1: Ah, I don't know about that, but they they have you know Kofi Coburn, who's an absolute brick shit house. Oh yeah. Um, they have this the star player in Iowa, Um They just you know they play good defense. They are Michigan's good too, but I think Illinois is better than Michigan.
0: Yeah. And we had Duke we had Duke winning, um, which let me tell you, Duke winning is uh, Duke's trying to find their way into into March and Duke Duke's probably gonna gonna weasel their way in. Um, and Duke, I just looked at the scores today and yeah, some surprising results. Um, Butler getting beat by Z- Butler beating Xavier is, I mean that absolute collapse from Xavier now bubble completely popped there for your your Xavier Musketeers and maybe Rick Patino into the NCAA tournament, which would be excellent. You
1: just need I, Rick. I can't wait until Duke gets in over like I don't know or Drake. the bubble team like St. Bonaventure. Drake.
0: They'll get Drake. in over Drake. Yeah.
1: And then it's just gonna it's it's gonna be a, a referendum on the selection committee, which you could argue needs to happen every day of the year. But I mean, it's just going to be the caping for Drake is going to be incredible.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, it, it'll, it's going to put Dickie V in a tight, tough spot because Dickie V usually does the caping. And he goes, I just feel so sorry for these kids. I feel so sorry. They got yeah. wrong. There is no right. They had no right. And it's just so overdramatic. And it's like, Dick. Just take one Viagra and shut the fuck up, my man. And yet, I don't know what he's gonna do about if it's Duke. Like that's that's a big Spider-Man meme. That's literally him pointing in. The best case scenario is Duke getting left off, and then Vital. I mean, you have to you'd have to get the light life alert. You'd have to be be aware of it. So yeah. (laughs) Well, we'll see what happens on Selection Sunday. We'll have a daily tap before that. Um, We'll talk on. Friday, and then uh, we'll do a Monday show, and that Monday show will probably be shortly after the Selection Sunday, kind of look through the bracket as well as talk about what happened on the the weekend. So for Mitch, I'm Charlie. Have yourself a great rest of the week, Tappers. We'll talk next week. See you.